Welcome to the 6th edition of the Dynasty Command Center podcast, home of the biggest edge in Dynasty fantasy football. My name is Travis May, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Ryan McDowell and Scott Connor. And yes, if you are still new to this podcast, if you're new to the Dynasty Command Center, welcome, glad to have you, and we do have quite a few things going on here at the Dynasty Command Center. You can check it all out at DynastyCommandCenter.com. There you'll find more info on our Slack channel, our uh, fantasy football roster analytics, the Rookie Guide series that uh, has just been a lot of fun putting together this spring, and even some on best ball leagues, and uh, plenty more where that came from. But uh, like I said, uh, and like I've said uh, over the first five episodes, you know, if we didn't have enough going on, so we just added this podcast, so we would just have another way to interact uh, with and uh, serve the Dynasty community that uh, we love so dearly. And eventually, you know, we'll, we'll we'll stop reminding you about all the stuff we have going on, but we understand that uh, we've been adding a ton of listeners over the first five weeks, and we have a di- very different ob- audience all the time. So just want to uh, give you a heads up as to what's going on with the Dynasty Command Center. But like I said, I'm joined by Ryan McDowell and Scott Connor, and you can find them on Twitter at RyanMC23 and CharlesChillFFB if you already aren't following them. And I I never mentioned this, but you can find me on Twitter too, (laughs) at FF underscore Travis M. And uh, you all know Ryan from previous episodes and his 47 other podcasts that he produces so well. And then Scott also joined us last week for the first time and is back for part two of our new Elite mini-series. And so uh, welcome back to both you guys. Ryan, your video may not be working this evening, but it's uh, good to uh, kind of see you in a, in a vocal kind of way. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be here. I'm, I'm ready to talk about these wide receivers. I've, I've gone through most of my dynasty career ignoring running back, so I'm glad we get to do it tonight. <laughs> Any opportunity to ignore running backs, that's perfect. I, I'm glad I didn't ask you to come on to the running back episodes last week then. <laughs> but, uh, Scott, are you a, 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 you know, a proponent of ignoring the, the running back position yourself, or are you uh, excited more so about the running back position typically? I would say that the, the receivers are the foundation of when I started playing Dynasty. That was the craze. So everyone was looking at, you know, where do I start my teams? And usually it's wide receiver heavy. And we kind of got that shift the last two years. I think we've been really spoiled with the influx of running back talent that's come into the NFL. Uh, but I think it's starting to shift back a little bit. And we've seen that with, uh, we talked a little earlier uh, before we started recording about the, the, the volume that running backs got last year and that it started to decrease, actually hit an all-time low. So it, it really rises the value of some of the elite running backs. But then after that, it's, it's really building heavy on wide receivers. So I'm like Ryan, I'm excited to talk about these tiers of wide receivers. And, um, you know, it's going to be a wide receiver heavy draft this year too. So I'm excited to get it going. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, all this wide receiver talk and uh, really just the emergence of some crazy numbers that we'll get to in terms of targets and really effectiveness of just the passing game in general in today's NFL makes, uh, you know, where the wide receiver position is now more exciting than ever. And really just with all of the rookies coming in that we're, you know, we're going to get to on this podcast over the next several months and probably, uh, you know, just not stop because there's, you know, probably about 50 that are at least slightly interesting to get to in this rookie class. So really can't wait to do that. But really tonight, we're just going to be focusing on the new elite at wide receiver. So as I kind of outlined last week, 
uh, you know, at the at end of a season, you, you know, the average draft position kind of settles. New new player values uh, and consensus kind of settle as to who the top options are in uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues. And so really trying to find ways to exploit the value at the top, get the guys that you want, and properly value guys. Maybe help, you know, maybe could help by splitting things into tiers. We couldn't actually agree on how to split things into tiers. So tonight's episode will be interesting to see how we actually rank the top wide receiver options among just us three. But before we do, and just jump right into the wide res- all the wide receiver goodness, a quick word from our spectacular podcast partner, FFPC. Our friends at the FFPC are the world's largest Dynasty League commissioner, and they have dozens of orphan Dynasty Leagues and uh, really teams for sale right now, with leagues starting as low as $77 all the way up to $2,500 entry per team. Many of those teams are in great shape, and you know they're ready to compete right away, and uh, there are also some that might need some work, and uh, you know they're discounted accordingly to help you guys out. But if you are you know, a true diehard who's ready to draft now, the FFPC Best Ball Leagues are already drafting for the 2019 season. And they're just starting at, uh, I believe, $35 entry fee. So check that out for sure. And then you can go all, you know, find all this information and more at uh, myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com, uh, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. All new subscribers to Dynasty Command Center Slack also get a $30 league credit applicable to any Dynasty League fee, $77 or higher. But again, like last week, uh, we won't really do this, to, you know, tonight's topic as really like a mock draft. We just want to have a discussion about, uh, you know, what wide receivers are the best of the best to anchor your team with and, you know, how to properly value them because that can be really tough. Because we like all, all all of our favorite sleepers and everything, but when it gets to the, the nitty gritty and and trading your studs, that becomes a little bit more difficult. So Scott, of this first tier at wide receiver one that we kind of talked about, uh, who is who's your kind of lead option? I know we talked about DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham Jr., Devontae Adams, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyreek Hill, and Mike Evans is all guys being in the conversation. For at least, you know, some kind of top five, top three, maybe top two consideration at the wide receiver position. But who is your wide receiver one right now? My wide receiver one right now is pretty clearly DeAndre Hopkins. And for a couple of reasons, uh, the last four seasons, Hopkins has played 63 of 64 games. So he doesn't miss games. He's tied to one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. And he's averaging almost 160 targets per season. And so he it's pretty clear he's not only consistent, but he's on the field, which is something that we can't say about some of the other uh, receivers we're going to talk about tonight. So for me, Hopkins is pretty clearly the wide receiver one. And if I had to break it up into a tier right behind him, I still have Odell Beckham Jr. I know there's a lot of question marks about Odell that people have knocked him down just a little bit uh, because of his quarterback, because of his off-the-field concerns, and also the last couple of years, some injury concerns. But if you look at his numbers uh, from the past, if you just look at his per game numbers and extrapolate them out, assuming that he's going to be healthy and he's going to have a season where he does play the entire year, uh, his numbers actually blow everybody else away in terms of per game metrics and per season metrics. So for me, it's pretty clearly Hopkins, and then right after him is Beckham, and then there's a tier break for me. Wow, that is a that's a pretty tight top tier. I think you know even coming into this past season, that may have been a lot of people's top 
top end tier. We're looking at those two guys, but uh, so not much has changed for you at the very tip top. You you trust those those guys to uh, have the the per game numbers you want to see, the consistency as far as uh, you know health and really the the target volume for sure for DeAndre Hopkins. And I think people probably are overblowing the injury concerns slightly uh, with Odell Beckham. He did play 12 games this year and had over a thousand yards anyway. So he's doing just fine. But Ryan, do you have a slightly bigger tier there? That I know we, we really can't even agree uh, pre-show about how to tier these guys up, but uh, is your tier kind of bigger, and, and who's your number one? I, I agree with Scott. I've still got DeAndre Hopkins as the wide receiver one for a lot of the reasons that Scott mentioned there. And you just, I mean, it simply comes down to his production. He's got three uh, top five wide receiver seasons the past four years. Love that he he's tied to Deshaun Watson, as Scott mentioned there. Really, I mean, maybe we should knock on wood here. There's there's just no flaws with DeAndre Hopkins. You look at some of the other guys that have been in that that top tier recently over the past few years, starting to get up there in age. That's not an issue with with Nuke yet. Don't have to worry about that quite yet. So yeah, just he's he's just kind of bulletproof right now as that uh, wide receiver one for me. Uh, I do have a bigger tier overall. Basically, all seven of the names you mentioned make up my top tier. And I was telling you guys earlier before we started, to me, tiers are even more important than specifically how I rank the players. If I'm going to spend more time getting the players into the tiers I want, maybe rather than nitpicking over wide receiver four versus wide receiver five, for example. So all seven of those guys uh, make up my top tier. DeAndre Hopkins at the top, and I've actually got my got my guy Juju Smith-Schuster as wide receiver two. Then Beckham, Whew. Thomas, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans. That's my top tier. Wow. Yeah, well, we, we should probably take a moment to address that you just uh, called Juju your wide receiver too, but we probably shouldn't be surprised. I think you've liked Juju for a very long time. You and I both have really liked Juju for a very long time. I think the only two guys I wouldn't put him up uh, up there in my top tier uh, on the same level as those guys. Maybe I, I might even leave Juju out of the top, you know, top elite elite tier because I don't feel like they're you know kind of looking across the table directly from an Od- Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, and DeAndre Hopkins per se. Maybe, but I you know he's just you can't dislike Juju. He's just basically the most likable player in the league. But I think I drop off, you know, Tyreek Hill and Mike Evans and Juju Smith, Schuster, and probably do have DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham Jr., and Devontae Adams in that top tier for me. But break down Juju at the wide receiver too. If it, as far as like if you're an owner that is trying to buy Juju, uh, it's really expensive to do so now. But if you believe he's a wide receiver too, his price still doesn't dictate that. So so how would you kind of sell? Uh, somebody on on Juju as the wide receiver too going forward. Well, I don't I don't know that I necessarily would honestly. I mean, these are my personal rankings, and and honestly, part of that just comes down to players that I want to root for, players that I want on my team. To me, that's part of dynasty football. Uh, yeah. And you know, Ju- like like you said, he's one of my favorites <laughs> personally. So basically, once I got him into that tier, kind of going back to that conversation. Once I said, yeah, I think he's he's one of these seven. He's one of the elite wide receivers. Then it didn't take him long to to kind of shoot to the top. And if I'm drafting today, he's he's certainly a first rounder for me. And and that's kind of where the ADP is stacking up as well. 
that's not to take anything away from any of these other guys, but j- just as far as he goes, kind of compared to these others, he's he's the youngest of these players by by far. Uh, a couple years, oh, yeah. a couple years younger than most of them. He's already scored as a fantasy wide receiver one. Now we, I think we can assume he's going to be the wide receiver one for the Steelers. We'll see how this Antonio Brown situation <laughs> uh, ends up this off season. It, it's been a small sample size, but he's uh, he scored well when Brown was out of the lineup. So I'm not worried about that either. Yeah. And I wouldn't be either. You mentioned the age. I mean, he is still, he's like 22 and the other wide receivers in this conversation in conversation, they're 25, 26, 27. In many cases, the only one that that was not that really is, is Tyreek Hill and he's 24 and he's probably most people would view him as a tier down in many cases. Uh, at least just from straight up trade value, you would probably need to add something on the Tyreek side. So yeah, I, I can't knock you there. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not trying to. Juju, I mean, he's got 166 targets last year. That's that's incredibly healthy. And even if AB is sticking around, it, it doesn't matter. He just did this with AB already there, so I'm not really worried about that. So I think he could be a long term staple in the first round of dynasty startups for a long time. One guy that I, I like more than maybe. Uh, anybody that I, I, I know, I, and I, I gone back and forth with, you know, making him my wide receiver one for dynasty purposes is actually Michael Thomas. And we were talking about his ridiculous catch rate, uh, before the show. Oh. And just, Travis, it just, this is crazy. My mind. This is crazy. These numbers you're about yeah, I mean, to share. Yeah, it is. It is nuts. Like it's 85. Like he started out hot, right? He was going, going crazy. He wasn't going to sustain his catch rate. People are like, oh, whatever. He, you know, he tailed off a little bit at the end of the season. But 147 targets on in 16 games and 85% catch rate is just absurd. 1,400-plus yards, nine touchdowns, and to still have, you know, more than 11 yards per reception on that span is is crazy. And I thought to myself, even, even just before the show, I was like, I doubt there's anyone that has ever, you know, caught more than 80% of their passes on 147 targets. And you looked it up, Ryan. I mean, that, that's happened how many times now? And since like what ninety two? Since nineteen ninety two. That's that's the uh, date that we have these uh, these records. But since nineteen ninety two, it's happened nineteen times. And Michael Thomas blew the competition away. Nobody had recorded a catch rate of over eighty percent until he did it, and he went all the way up to eighty five percent. Gosh. That's just that's absolutely crazy. Like, just, I mean, what was the next closest? It was like uh, Wes Welker with uh, what was it? Right, Wes Welker was was the second when you're sorting by that catch rate, and he's at just over seventy seven percent. That's nuts wow. to, to basically blow away everyone in in you know measured target NFL history uh, by eight percent catch rate uh, on that that type of sample is just bonkers and it's not like it's not like they're all short targets yes he's you know he has you know some maybe he doesn't have crazy amounts of air yards uh, compared to somebody like a Tyreek Hill but I mean I, I think we're, we're breaking it down and and those other guys those 19 uh, other well, 18 other guys in that sample a lot of them were catching a bunch of short passes even even more so than Michael Thomas right right yeah Wes Welker actually showed up on that list four times he did he accomplished that four different times we and and we know kind of what his a dot was or what his game was pretty close to the line of scrimmage Thomas actually had the fourth uh fourth highest yard per target so not only catching everything thrown his way but doing it uh down the field 
Yeah, that's just it blows me away. And and to think, you know, if that really holds suit, even after Drew Brees is gone, if his you know average depth per target, you know, per target is not crazy, his catch rate probably could stay at a healthy level. And if it does, he's gonna have an incredibly healthy floor for a very long time. And he's still only twenty five years old. So I, I really like Michael Thomas as as somebody that I think should be valued on par with or around the you know DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham Jr. He's right in there for me. I think he's right around that wide receiver one B. So I mean he's he's kind of a no brainer for me. A lot of people are fading these guys with older quarterbacks, and I just can't get there. I can't get all the way there. So Scott, I know you mentioned a little bit on that, and you know maybe the guys getting older. Uh, themselves too but I mean Michael Thomas he's got a long career ahead of him do you find that impacting you know the top end of your tier at all I think at this point when you're trying to break up the tiers we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier was you have to weigh kind of where you want to where you want to pair up age versus production and so with Thomas obviously he's he's on the younger side and he still should have plenty of productive years. My, my concerns with Thomas are more so what is his ceiling? Uh, he's averaged, you know, and you compare his numbers with some of these other players. I'm not sure he has the target ceiling, uh, per year, uh, that he, that some of these other guys do. Uh, but definitely, you know, he's also got the question about how long does Drew Brees stay around? What does the quarterback situation look like after Brees hangs it up? So I have a hard time putting Thomas, you know, way up there into that, that top tier with uh, the top two or top three. Uh, but that definitely does come into play. If I'm looking at breaking a tie when I'm, you know, picking in a startup or when I'm looking at two of these players uh, compared to each other, the quarterback situation does come into play. I mean, you have to also determine from an age standpoint, you know, how much risk do you want to take? I mean, when you get down to drafting some of the guys that are, you know, around 29, 30 years old, you never know when that cliff's going to be. So the age does come in. It's more of a security thing, though, and it really depends on if you're drafting two or three of these guys at one time. Also, where where do you want to pair them up? So, you know, yeah. do you want to take two guys that are in that 29 to 30 range, or is one, you know, one going to be dependent on who else you may have on your roster? And, and again, I mean, this is this is dynasty. I mean, we're, we're, we're not going to have these guys on our roster for a whole lot longer if, if they're in the 30-plus age range. And we'll get to a few of those guys here soon. But similarly, you know, with, with Aaron Rodgers not being super young anymore, does, does that actually come into play with Devontae Adams for you? I know that's, that's one player that I think at least two of the three of us have, have him in our top elite tier. Uh, I know you had mentioned prior to the show that – you wouldn't put Adams necessarily up in that conversation. Is is that kind of an impact for you there, or is it something else with Adams? I think there's a multitude of things with Adams. I, I definitely think there – I know it's kind of been faded a little bit this past year because it wasn't an issue, uh, but he does have an, a history of concussions. Uh, 2017, you know, he suffered two concussions in a matter of a couple weeks, and he's had, I believe, four concussions documented in the NFL thus far. So that's something that's in the back of my mind. Uh, I also, I'm not so worried about Aaron Rodgers because, I mean, like you said, that this is dynasty, but you still got to think Rodgers has at least four or five good seasons in him. So I'm not really looking ahead that far. So that doesn't come into play as much. Uh, the knock on Adams, the reason why I would kind of have him under some of these other guys is just quite simply how he gets his points. Uh, he's on the lower end in terms of both receptions and yardage. I mean, he did have his highest yardage season and highest reception season by far this past year. 
but I just don't see, kind of like Michael Thomas, I don't see the ceiling for Devontae Adams to ever get up to the point where we're talking about Hopkins or even where I have Beckham at number two. So I would comfortably put him right in that four to six range for me, um, but I do think that, that there's not a way that he can get up any higher. Yeah, my thing with them is like if they have, I mean, they really, who was their wide receiver to last year? I mean, like, I, I don't know. I still don't know. Do you guys? Like, <laughs> they, so, they didn't have one. That was part of the issue. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think that's another way, if they do ever fill in that gap consistently, his, his target ceiling I could see dropping uh, for sure. I, and, and there I agree with you. But I think right now, I mean, even if they do bring in another rookie, I think he could have another crazy season like he did this past year because – they're either going to be relying on a second-year player on a super cheap contract, or you know they invest early in wide receiver again after just getting three guys in the, via the draft last year. And I don't think that you know whoever they get at wide receiver is going to plug in and instantly take you know significant targets away from Adams. So I think at least this year and maybe next he's going to have a supremely productive window with, with a whole lot of opportunity to score touchdowns. And for me, I want to win now. I like Dynasty. This is this. I love playing for the long haul, but I want to win now. And, uh, and I, I, I like Adams as a player. I like watching him play and win. And uh, so like you said, Ryan, I, I just like the player. So I, it's hard for me to move him down really even out of my top tier in the same conversation as a Michael Thomas DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham Jr., which might be crazy to some people, and especially considering where he was just a couple years ago. But I, if I'm playing to win the next two years, I, I think I have to value him in, in that same tier for me. The, the the two last players, though, that were kind of on the fringe for whatever reason, we had Tyreek Hill, who is very different from the other guy, and Mike Evans. Uh, Tyreek Hill is the you know, the field stretching monster who can just uh, burn anyone and everyone at any point in time. And then we have Mike Evans who just basically can't get even half a yard of yak if he tried. So between those two, I think they're, they're kind of just outside of looking into the top tier for maybe even consensus average draft position data. But for Ryan, if, if you had to pick between those two, who would be your guy that you'd go with? I mean, they're really close for me again kind of the default answer on, on the tier thing is that once they're in the same tier, I'm essentially valuing this, them the same. I do have Tyreek Hill ranked fifth, Mike Evans ranked seventh. I really think Evans kind of gets a, a raw deal here. He, I think he probably ascended too quickly if you look at previous year's rankings or, or even ADP. He reached that wide receiver two level really quickly. And oh, yeah. I, I think I think maybe people felt burned by that. But if you look at his his body of work, I mean, five straight top 24 fantasy seasons, five straight 1,000 yard seasons. And he suffered through some some up and down Jameis Winston play. We know that some some terrible uh, Buccaneers teams over the past <laughs> couple of years. Yeah. And, and he's just continued to produce no matter what. So uh, to, to me, he's in that top tier. But he is at at the bottom of it. Well, just a comment that I wanted to add on Mike Evans is, you know, yeah, he did have a really quiet 2018 season in terms of having 1,524 yards. But I do think that there, the thing that's kind of pushed Evans down has been he's been very historically inefficient. I mean, he's not somebody that catches a lot of percentage of his targets. But I think with Arians coming in, they may use him a little differently 
than he's been used in the past. So I don't know if he's going to get back to the 170 plus targets that he got in 2016. But I do think that there's a chance that not only does he get a little more volume, uh, but he does have a higher catch rate. So I I would actually have Evans as a ascending player uh, in these rankings uh, going forward, uh, just with the history of how Arians has used his number one receiver. So it, it's something to think about that maybe he's not going to get back to that just massive volume that he got in 2016, but I can see his numbers going up in terms of usage and also efficiency. Yeah, and that makes sense for me. I, I do have Tyreek over Mike Evans, but you really can't knock Evans for what he did uh, even this this past season. I mean, like it, he might have had the quietest 1,500-yard season ever, right? I mean, he, he had 138 targets, 86 receptions, 1,524 yards, and eight scores, and we're acting like he's not an elite guy. Well, we're really now. He, he is in that top tier. Uh, but I think it's easy to forget just how good of a season he had because of how ridiculous and inefficient the NFL has gotten over the past years. And it's really insane. Those same numbers that we were talking about earlier with the 19 seasons since 1992 where wide receivers had at least 140 targets and a 70% or more catch rate. That's happened 19 times, and four of those times happened just this past season. That's Michael Thomas, that's Zach Ertz, that's DeAndre Hopkins, and then the other was Adam Thielen, who is probably on the outside looking in in terms of elite value at wide receiver, but four times in just this past season. Ryan, I think I know you had some some stats just kind of that kind of spoke to the uptick in efficiency across the board. I did, and these are these are really telling. These come from Scott Barrett. He shared these recently on Twitter. Looking at the past 20 seasons, uh, 2018 gave us a new high in completion percentage at 65%, at passing touchdown rate, nearly 2%, a new low in rushing attempts per game, less than 26, but a new high in rushing yards per carry. So not only a more efficient passing game, but a more efficient running game because of it. And, and then finally, a new high in yards per drive and points per drive. Uh, again, looking at the past 20 seasons. So really good stuff. Like you said, that uh, it's just a, an uber-efficient uh, offenses across the board. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what that means for the end of careers, like guys that really in tier two, and I call tier two the, the on their way ins and outs because we've got some young guys that could still ascend to the top, but we've got the guys that have just been the kings of the wide receiver position that we still kind of are, are, are leading. They're going to produce for the next few years probably, like Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. I mean, even A.J. Green, T.Y. Hilton, or even Adam Thielen, who's actually a little bit older, those guys – It'll be interesting to see in the uptick in efficiency if that really elongates the career and, and productive windows for some of those guys to really rack up some insane numbers. But out of the, the te- you know maybe those older guys that I just mentioned, Scott, uh, you know who would you be looking at to uh, really believe in within the next two or three years for your team? So I guess it depends. Are you asking me who would I want to go out and buy at his current value or if I'm just looking at who do I want to believe in? Because I would say it's two different answers. I definitely think as long as the situation stays somewhat similar, that Julio Jones is still somebody that is being undervalued uh, for what he's producing. I mean, his production numbers 
have been right up at the top tier uh, with the couple guys that we were talking about uh, at the very, very top tier of receivers. So I still think that he's getting dinged a little bit for his age and then also his injury concerns, which seem to be, I can't remember the exact place where I heard it, but there's kind of a misnomer that Julio Jones is injury prone. He doesn't miss games historically. He's just always on the injury report and always banged up. So it's kind of frustrating because sometimes he's tough to put in a lineup early in a week because you're really not sure about his health. But over the years, he really doesn't miss games aside from 2013. So that's somebody that I'm still on at his current value. And the other one would be AJ Green. I think he's being massively disrespected uh, where most people are taking him in startup drafts or where they have him ranked uh, from an ADP standpoint. I mean, if you look at his his numbers historically, as long as he is on the field, uh, he is up there in the top seven or eight in terms of production, but he's being valued outside oh, of the yeah. top 15. So I think that's somebody that's a buy, but it has to be the right team. I mean, these guys have to be the right situation where uh, you're willing to pay the price uh, and know that you may only get another couple of years out of them. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I, I like that, all, all of what you just said. Ryan, for you, one of the old guys that you'll be believing in out of this crew, I think I, I like Julio Jones myself. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm I'm glad to have Julio on my team still. I, I think, you know, the ADP is falling a little bit, but I think that he's still carrying that name value. I, I don't think he's going to be necessarily a guy we can go buy low in, in most situations. Again, like Scott said, it's got to be the right team, not only – the team you're looking at if you're trying to acquire, but also the team that you're dealing with, obviously. Uh, the guy that I that I would probably target, who I think is a little bit cheaper, is another one Scott mentioned earlier, is, is T.Y. Hilton. Uh, the price is certainly much cheaper. I'm not sure the production is going to be much different, though, and and obviously you can't go wrong with that, that quarterback situation that he's got, which is, uh, of course, much better than you know a guy like A.J. Green or... Uh, you know, maybe even, maybe even uh, Julio Jones. I think now now might be an interesting buy window just for Antonio Brown, just because if he does come out clean and he does put up a couple other crazy seasons, you're going to really enjoy the fact that you bought him. As far as other younger guys that I still think could jump up in the the elite conversation, you've got Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, even Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, those type of guys that really have shown promise and uh, have just kind of been one step down. For me, I'm looking to see what could happen with uh, Amari Cooper in his second year in the offense for Dallas Cowboys. I really like him to potentially take that one further leap for me. If you guys had to pick one other younger guy and, and who's just kind of on the outside looking in of, of elite status, Scott, who would be that for you? I would say that. If we're talking outside of, let's just say, the top 15 or so, somebody that really intrigues me to buy right now is Cooper Cup. And I know there's a lot of truthers out there, and it's difficult to acquire him in some leagues. But it's somebody that I think you can see, you can project for some very consistent production um, for a while. And so that's somebody that I kind of like to throw on a team where I do have some of these maybe more boomer bust receivers or older receivers just to kind of stabilize the points. So I would say it's probably Cooper Cup, but I know, you know, there was a poll that I believe Curtis ran a week ago or so about the Rams receivers. And I think that Cooper Cup came back as the most valuable of the three. So I didn't really agree with that, but wow. uh, possible no. <laughs> that that would be somebody that you could buy and really stabilize a team as a wide receiver three or wide receiver four. Yeah, for Ooh. sure. If that's the case, then Brandon Cooks is my answer. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Brandon Cooks is is the the guy I want not only from the Rams. I mean, really I want I want all three of those guys, but uh I, I'm surprised surprised to hear that 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 Cup would be valued over him. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. So I guess if for you you think Brandon Cooks could be the guy who kind of gets thrust into that elite conversation here in the near future? Yeah, I think so. But for me, I mean, Cooks is still, he's in my top 12 wide receivers. I've got him wide receiver 11. So if we're digging a little bit deeper, I mean, the great news is, you know, this this show, this discussion is called the, the new elite wide receivers. And when you go down the 15 to the top 20, the top 30 even, you're looking at a dozen guys who are 26, 27 or younger who could could make that leap. I mean, he talked about Cup. Galladay is obviously uh, a hot name for some. Uh, I, I think the one, and, and it feels a little chalky given the situation and, and the way the season ended, but Chris Godwin uh, at Tam- in Tampa Bay Ooh. feels like a guy who's just destined to climb. Scott, you don't like that one? Uh, it's... I'm still on the fence. I definitely think that his price has gotten to a point where you're you're paying for almost all projection and upside at this point. And I'm not I guess right. I'm such a believer in Mike Evans that I'm not as I'm not going to take such a stance on Chris Godwin only because if Evans does what we expect him to do, I'm not sure there's necessarily room for Godwin to get much higher than where he's being valued right now. Uh, but certainly, I mean, it's a it's somebody that pretty much checks all of the other boxes. And if the offense takes a step forward um, in terms of efficiency, that it's somebody that could maybe give you a little bit more than what you're buying him for. But I personally, I think that the Chris Godwin is somebody that I'd be selling, not necessarily because he's not good, just because I think his value is pretty much all projection at this point. Yeah, I'd, I definitely think that's fair. And, and that's actually where I was with Kenny Galladay last off season. Hmm. I just, I, as much as I appreciated him as a player, I, I, I didn't think he could get there value wise, and I was wrong. So uh, <laughs> that's just making, kind of making me take take a deeper look at guys like Godwin and and others in that range. Yeah, and this is, and that's really why we have uh, the conversations like this to really kind of find uh, the values uh, where they can be had in the elite tiers and who could be in that conversation. Uh, so I did just want to take some time this week to tackle the new elite at wide receiver. Uh, if you guys, listeners, have some comments and names that definitely need to be added, feel free to come find us and uh, let us know. But uh, we're about to jump headfirst into rookie crazy season with the NFL Combine just around the corner. And so just as a reminder, the next edition of the Rookie Guide is going to be coming out pretty soon, and it's going to be jam-packed with awesome things like wide receiver charting with routes and alignment data, some combine analysis, mock drafts, rookie draft strategy, and more. You can find that at DynastyCommandCenter.com. And it's just $19.99, and that gets you all three volumes that we'll produce this season, the pre-combine, post-combine, post-NFL draft, all that for you guys. But that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us on the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and enjoy the rest of the Dynasty offseason.